You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Good evening, good evening, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Manifesting God podcast. Again, I am your host, Marie Elizabeth. Uh, let's continue. Yeah, let's get right into it. Let me make sure first that you can hear me. Go ahead and let me know. Good evening, everyone again. Thank you so much. It's so good to see all of you. And I want to thank you all for tuning in and being so patient and everything while I while I get back on my schedule. And for those that are listening through iHeartRadio or other um, digital uh, means, thank you so much for tuning in. I do so appreciate your time. Let me go straight to the series and let's just do a little bit of uh, back trailing if we, if I could say it like that. And let's, let me give you just a brief, just real, real brief summary of where we've been. We've been in a series called the Mindset Matters series, right? And we started off this series with me giving you different definitions. I want you to go back. You can pick it up um, through um, your um, different um, media outlets that you've been listening through and go back and listen more thoroughly. But I started off by giving you different definitions. You know, we talked about um, the mind. We talked about how the mind um, can be. We talked about set and putting things in its proper places. Some of the definitions I gave you, we talked about belief systems. We talked about the word believe. And to be um, clear, we talked about how that word in pistis, pistis in the Greek, it can mean to affirm or have confidence in um, pietho, which would be to persuade or do be persuaded of, or piestio, which is a belief that is self-serving. So I wanted to point that out again because you know sometimes we can we can say that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and we've accepted Him as our Savior, but we we use that belief that we. Uh, count him as our savior, as a self-serving belief, as if he's one that uh, we just only talk to when we need him. Otherwise, we don't give our life over to him. We don't give our ways over to him. We also talked about systems. We talked about church systems and how the different types of um, systems within the church. Um, we talked about culture. We talked about culture as defined as the world. Excuse me. We also talked about king being the Bible. We talked about uh, the king being uh, as far as the Bible being the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we talked about seasons. And I'm just throwing out terms to refresh your memory. You're flipping through your notes and checking to make sure you got that. If not, you're going to go back and listen so that you can make sure you have those definitions. Then we talked about interpretations of those beliefs as far as um, the church system or culture or the king being the Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about the effect, A-F-F-E-C-T, and effect of the different systems. And then from there, we talked about um, the case 
for better, living in the shadows. Again, go back and listen. And then from there, we went on the following week to talk about a case for better, right? And so now we're moving forward. And I want to talk uh, to you today. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. And we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 2 in the living in the uh, Living Bible I'm in. And remember, we're in our Mindset Matters series, our Mindset Matters series. So we're in 1 Corinthians 2. I'm in the Living Bible and I'm at uh, verse 11. So 2 at 11, where it says, I'll look here, no one can really know what anyone else is thinking or what he is really like, except that person himself. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And God has actually given us his spirit not the world's spirit, to tell us about the wonderful free gifts of grace and blessing that God has given us. Verse 13 says, in telling you about these gifts, we have even used the very words given to us by the Holy Spirit, not words that we as men might choose. So we use the Holy Spirit's words to explain the Holy Spirit's facts. Then verse 14, and this is going to be our key verse, but the man who isn't a Christian can't understand and can't accept these thoughts from God, which the Holy Spirit teaches us. They sound foolish to him. They sound foolish to him because only those who have the Spirit of God within them can understand what the Holy Spirit means. Others just can't take it in. They just can't take it in. Verse 15 says, but the spiritual man, excuse me, has insight into everything and that bothers and baffles the man of the world who can't understand them at all. Verse 16 says, how could he? For certainly he has never been one to know the Lord's thoughts or to discuss them with him or to move the hands of God by prayer. But strange as it seems, we Christians actually do have within us a portion of the very thoughts and the very mind of Christ. Again, our key verse, verse 14, but the man who isn't a Christian can't understand and can't accept these thoughts from God. Which thoughts? The thoughts of his spirit, which the Holy Spirit teaches us. They sound foolish to him. They sound foolish to him because only those who have the Holy Spirit within them can understand what the Holy Spirit means. Others just cannot take it in. 
They just can't take it in. So this is the topic I want to talk to you from tonight. This is what we're going to talk about. And remember, you can respond in the chat and we're going to we're going to respond back to you. We're going to talk about the spirit of foolishness, the chain of limiting beliefs, the spirit of foolishness, the chain of limiting beliefs. So remember now. Our Siri, Mind, capital S-E-T, Mindset Matters. And tonight we're talking about the spirit of foolishness, the chain of limiting beliefs. And the reason why I called it a spirit of foolishness, because it would be of the world. It would be of the culture of the world. Just like Christ is a spirit, demonic forces, they are in two as well a spirit. So we got one or the other. Remember prophetess. So I'm, I'm going to go hot or cold. I don't usually go lukewarm. I very rarely go lukewarm. So either we're operating in a spirit of foolishness or either we're operating in a spirit of God. We're either operating in a spirit of culture, demonic, or we're operating in a spirit of God. We can't tread down the middle can't tread down the middle. And in and, and this particular instance, I'll say, um, we can't tread and down the middle because remember, we're talking about mindset matters and we're talking about belief systems and how we need to know what we believe and how what we believe affects or, or affects what we do. Okay, so in the Old Testament, the word fool, let's take that word foolishness all the way down to the root word. Um, the word fool is actually a translation of five different Hebrew words that reflect a subtle difference in types of fools. Uh, sadly, the English translation is a little bit more difficult to identify the characteristics of the foolish. But when you carefully search the scriptures, uh, you can see the differences between the believer of the Lord Jesus Christ, the king, um, or, or, um, or, or of the foolish. You can see the difference. So if one learns to perceive the characteristics of the foolish, so let's say of, and I categorize tonight, uh, the simple fool, the silly fool, the sensual fool, the scornful fool, and the steadfast Fool. One is better equipped to identify and respond to such foolishness, the activities, um, the infiltration with wisdom. They can respond with wisdom and with discernment, even, even if the spirit dwells within one, even if it dwells within you. If you understand its acts, if you understand the, the, the acts of the foolish, if you understand the fruit of the, of the foolish, if you understand these things, then your discernment now is heightened to even know if it's operating in you. And if we know that, then we can confront it. And if we confront it, then we can break its hold over us and within us. 
and within us. And we're going to walk through each one of these examples that I've been able to research to understand exactly how these different, uh, how this, how this, uh, how this spirit gains access to us and begins to operate through us and then how we break it. What is the evidence? How do we know if it's been there? Now I can tell you as one, um, as one that uh, was saved at 14 years old and you know, 14, you're still in, immature and even growing up in God. I think I've been every one of these at one point in time in my life, at one point in time in my life. And then you're going to find yourself having been in one of these at one point in your life or even now, but it doesn't, it's not, it's not a, a death sentence or a, 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 a hell call. Nobody's, nobody's condemning you. What we're doing, remember mindset matters. So we're trying to be clear on what it is we believe and be able to articulate thoroughly what it is believe, what it is that we believe. And if we find that it's not aligned with the King, the Lord Jesus Christ, then we have to dismantle that belief system. We can't hold on to it. If we find out that our belief system is causing us to do things that are more aligned to the culture, to the world, or to the church system, not the church body as a gathering place, but the church system. If we're more engaged in that, then we actually are the Lord, the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we are missing something and our belief system is misleading us. It's misleading everything we say, everything we do, okay? Because remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak, but also our actions, our actions stem from what it is that we believe, what is in our heart, okay? So let's begin first with the simple fool. Remember, we are talking tonight about the spirit of foolishness, the chain of limiting beliefs, because it is a chain that does uh, uh, shackle us to limiting beliefs that will not allow us to experience the fullness of God and the fullness of salvation. So let's start with the simple fool, the simple Fool. Um, the Hebrew word for simple is pethi, pethi, the root word from which it is derived. Um, what this word denotes is extreme vulnerability, extreme vulnerability. It literally means to be opened up, to be opened up. The simple fool opens his mind to any passing thought. So they're not tearing down uh, vain imaginations. Whatever comes in their mind is accepted and welcome. And they are open to the, to, it leaves them open to the arms of any stranger passing by. Whatever word, social media has a field day in this person's mind. The internet has a field day in this person's mind. Why? Because key here, they lack discernment. 
They lack discernment. There is nothing in them to help them rightfully divide the word of truth. What is true as in what the uh, true and living God stands by and what is not true. They don't know which one is which. They're all the same. They're all real to this person. This person has an oversimplified view of life and they do not usually recognize uh, cause and effect uh, sequences, cause and effect consequences that affect every area of their life. So because they do one thing, they don't usually think of, well, if I do that though, the what's going to happen is this. The consequence is going to be this. This person doesn't think in consequences. They live life for now, for now. They live life in that moment. See, the simple fool is not discerning, so that means they're easily captivated by all types of deception. They are dangerously immature, dangerously immature, extremely gullible, and very curious, which leads them down this road to to wanting to experience everything everything. In the absence of instruction and consistent discipline, this person will only become more and more foolish, more and more foolish. They're especially vulnerable to seduction. You know, the silly women that Paul talks about, lady with lust, house to house. This is them, Uh, especially vulnerable to seduction lack understanding of of consequences or or moral failure the book of proverbs in the book of proverbs um solomon um solomon the son of david uh king of israel he talks about to give subtly subtly to the simple to the young man, knowledge, discretion. In Proverbs 1 and 1 and Proverbs um, 1 and 4, he talks about learning God's word will give understanding to understanding and wisdom to the simple. He says that in Psalm 19 and 7 and Psalm 119 and 130. See, because simple fools are there, they're sought out more by the manipulator, by the by the scornful, because they want to be that person's heroes. They want to be their hero. So to warn that simple fool and to protect and try to protect them from that destructive influence is going to be critical to saving their life. They require swift, quick correction. So let me give you a quick summary point from what I said. The simple fool is going to be a person with no discernment. They're going to be a person that's easily deceived. They are a person that's dangerously immature extremely gullible and very curious. Without instruction and consistent discipline, they only become more and more foolish. They only become more and more foolish. So how do you break that chain that's associating, that's that's limiting that belief of that simple fool? 
spirit? How do you break that? Uh, how do you break that chain? One word, transformation. You break that train, chain by transformation. Romans 12 and 2 in the Living Bible says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but be a new and different person with a fresh newness in all you do and think. Then you will learn, keyword, key phrase, then you will learn from your own experience how his ways really satisfy you. Because remember, the simple fool is learning from everything going on around them. Everything. They're taking everything in. They're trying to be everything. They're trying to do everything. But yet, if this person were to uh, decide to, wait a minute, when I did A or B or C or D, the a consequence, because remember, they don't understand consequence. The consequence was F, G, K, and R. So maybe that's not the thing to do because they are able to comprehend, whereas the simple fool is unable to comprehend. So there must be a transformation. There must be a transformation that says, wait, I can't mimic everything that I see and everything that is done in the world. I must decide. I must decide. See, this person doesn't hasn't made a decision yet. I must decide to follow the true and the living God. I must decide to pay attention to my experience like so that I can learn from it. I must pay attention to my experience so that I can learn from those experiences, okay? I'm gonna go on. Remember, you can go back and listen to it. I'll put it up in social media and it'll be in Podbean app and you can listen to iHeartRadio. Okay, so now let's talk about the silly fool. The silly fool. The Hebrew word for silly is evil. E-V-E-L-L, evil. Eve L. I'm, I'm, I'm dragging that B out too long. Eve L. Eve L. There we go. Um, its definition is, get this, to be perverse. To be perverse. E-V-E-E-L. To be perverse. This person is considered the jokester, the jokester to, one, to, to most people. They're joking all the time. Everything. It's funny to them. Everything is a laughing matter to them. They are a rebel um, against anybody who tries to teach them wisdom. They don't. They don't care about that. That's too deep. You're doing too much. Life is life is life is a, a party, and so we're just going to have fun. Their mouth often gets them into trouble because they're silly. Everything's a joke, so their mouth often gets them into trouble. Proverbs 10 and 4 says, wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. The mouth of the foolish is near destruction. When things go wrong for this person, they become angry, which makes things even worse, which makes things even worse. Right. Um, 
this uh this particular spirit the silly fool believes that his own way of thinking is right proverbs 12 and 15. so much so that uh when instruction comes or when it's offered they don't see the need for it they got an argument for it they're unteachable they're unteachable even from authorities that they consider authorities in their life, they're still unteachable. They are ineffective in helping this person to change their ways because they've made up their mind that their way is the only way and they resist hearing any other way of doing things. They resist any um, any means of, of anyone offering any suggestions. This is the person that you can't tell anything to. This is the person that you can't tell anything to. And if you try to, they'll flip it and make it look like you're the person that you can't, that they can't tell anything to when you're the one trying to help them. But they don't want help because help is serious. And this person likes to joke. Everything is a joke to them. Everything is fun to them. Life is a party to them. So how do you break the chain that's associated with the limiting beliefs of silly, of being a silly fool, of having that spirit consume you? It requires renewal, R-E-N-E-W-A-L, renewal. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19 says it like this, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am going to do a brand new thing. See, I have already begun. Don't you see it? I will make a road through the wilderness of this world for my people to go home and create rivers for them in the desert. This scripture opposes the silly fool by urging one to forget the former things, forget yesterday and embrace the new things that God is doing. It encourages the this particular spirit to let go of foolish pursuits, of silly pursuits, of attitudes of, 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 of frivolousness um, and, and instead embrace God's transformative work in their lives. Allow God, let God change them. See, because God is not going to force himself on us. So this scripture is basically encouraging, encouraging one to put away that behavior and embrace, embrace what God is doing right now. So embrace the new idea right now. Embrace the different idea. If it's in God, embrace that so that your mind can be transformed and you can begin to accept wisdom. Okay, I'm going to the next one. The sensual fool. I'm going to do five of them. The sensual fool. Sensual, S-E-N-S-U-A-L. This is the person that rejects correction of parents or authorities um, because it's a, a, a pretty much like a, a, a lustful type of fool. This type of fool is identified um, by the Hebrew word Kessel, K-E-S-S-E-E-L, Kessel, which means fat or stupid or sluggish. 
This word denotes a person who's determined to make wrong choices. They are determined to make wrong choices. They do not have um, um, uh, the mental capacity to accommodate the wisdom of God. They do not have the mental capacity to accommodate the wisdom of God. This person focuses on that that's going to bring them immediate pleasure. They only think about themselves and what's going to be best for them and right now. They don't think about, they're not thinking about, uh, uh, Wow. I guess if this were if this were a leader, they're not thinking about their followers. They're only thinking about what is best for them and what's best for them right now. Um, their motives and their methods, how they get this done, very subtle, very subtle, very manipulative. Um, this person should be avoided. And um, because those who follow them are being led astray as in a companion of fools, a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Proverbs 13 and 20. Severe punishment awaits the sensual fool. The Bible says in Proverbs 26 and 3, a whip for the horse, a bridle for the ass and a rod for the fools, uh, this particular fool back. Okay, that down. Now, how do you break this chain that's associated and limiting the beliefs for this sensual fool? Well, here we go. Faith. Yep, faith. We are back to that. We are back to that. What do they believe? And is it aligned with the church as in the different theological systems, the culture as in the world, or is it the king as in the Lord Jesus Christ? See, remember, each of these have different interpretations. We talked about that when I began this series. Go back and look. Each of these have different interpretations. So affecting and effecting what this person can manifest in their lives. Will it be another shadow? or of a practice, remember we talked about that week before last, of never actually walking in the truth of the living God or will it align to the world producing, as 1 John 2.16 says, you know, in the new international version, for everything in the world produces the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. So what, what is it going to, what is going to be believed by this person? Because we have to, you have to go into the mind. Because the motives that through which they manipulate are very subtle. So you have to subtly, subtly introduce them to, a, 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 to the Lord Jesus Christ so that their belief system can be slowly turned. So that their belief system can be slowly, slowly moved from the place of culture or the place of um, the place of the world moved to that of Jesus Christ. It's a slow process with them because remember everything with them, they want for themselves and they want it now. So now it's slow down. 
Let me introduce you to Christ. Little by little, let me introduce you to Christ so that we can slow you down enough to understand that the belief system that you're currently operating in is limiting you to you. So we're in that belief that um, I believe we talked about it earlier, Pestio. We're at that belief where it's a self-serving belief. So everything you do, this person does is self-serving. It's only to benefit them. Okay, let me go to the next one. The scornful. The scornful fool. Scornful is the Hebrew word lutz. L-U-W-T-S. Lutz. It means to make mouths, to scoff, to make mouths, plural. To scoff. The scornful fool's facial expressions communicate the disdain and contempt that they have in their heart towards authorities, including parents, civil authorities, and God. <clears throat> so they are against all authority. This type of person not only have they rejected the truth, but, but they've also embraced everything that is ab abominable to God. So they will, they what they want anything that is against God. Psalm 1 and 1 describes the blessings of not proceeding into the progression of foolishness, which is uh, first walking in the counsel of the ungodly, then standing in the way of sinners, and finally sitting in the seat of the scornful. That's this one. That's this one. The one that accepts, welcomes anything God hates. They detest people and ideas that contradict their way of thinking. They detest people and ideas that contradict their way of thinking. But remember, their way of thinking is acceptance of anything that is not God. Okay? So they have uh they they show this through their attitude and through their speech. They do not hear rebuke and they do not, they do not um, shy away from destruction. They are determined. They are determined to walk in wrath. They are determined to walk in wrath. So how do we break? How do you break that chain? Oh, this one, this one, straight up, demolition. Demolition. You got to tear it all down. 2 Corinthians um, 10, uh, 5, and 2 Corinthians 10, let me see. Oh, no, I'm going to say 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5 in the Living Bible. It says, I use God's mighty weapons, not those made by men, to knock down the devil's strongholds. These weapons can break down every proud argument against God and every wall that can be built to keep men from finding him. With these weapons, I 
can capture rebels and bring them back to God and change them into men whose hearts desire is obedient to Christ. This particular scripture opposes the scornful fool by advocating for the demolition, not just of their arguments and their pretensions that set them against God's knowledge, but also to challenge their arrogant and their dismissive attitudes, even if they're in us. These attitudes, uh, they're again, manipulate, they overtake and they subject them as a captive. So it's almost like with this one, the manipulator is being manipulated. So now the manipulator is being manipulated by demonic forces that have made them captive to the point where anything godly, they resist. Anything godly, they, re they resist every time. Unlike the believer in the king, the Lord Jesus Christ, whose ultimate affected effect is going to be to align themselves with Christ's teaching, with his obedience, with his humility, humility, and with his love, they are going to reach for the opposite. They're going to align themselves with anything that is against God. So this particular spirit and its works has to be demolished have to be utterly destroyed. And I think I got, let me go one more. Okay, one more. The steadfast, that would be the persistent fool. The persistent fool. This is, believe it or not, the most dangerous one. This is the most dangerous one. You're more likely to be able spiritually to demolish the, the that spirit operating in the scornful um fool you're more likely to be able to um to turn the sensual fool um renew the silly fool but this one right here this is the most uh, damaging one the steadfast and persistent fool because this person is committed they're committed to being ignorant to the ways of God they're committed to being disobedient to the ways of God. This one in Hebrew is Nabal, N-A-W-B-A-W-L. And it means to be stupid, to be wicked. It means to be wicked. This type of fool has all the characteristics of the silly, the sensual uh, fool with an emphasis on being disrespectful. This is a vile person. They wholly reject God and his ways. Holy. They're not, they're not taking none of it. They don't want to hear any of it. And they know they don't want to hear any of it. And they're making a conscious effort to be persistent in their walk, persistent in their action, persistent in this level of foolishness. So how, how do we break the chain that, that is, that has bound this person to the limited belief of this, of 
foolishness. That would only be God's strength. Only God's strength. Philippians 4 and 13 says it like this. Yes, I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things, and I'm in the Amplified Bibles, which he has called me to do. Through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose, I am self-sufficient in Christ's key, in Christ's sufficiency. I'm self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him. Key, who infuses me, key, infuses me with inner strength and confidence and peace. This one is forcing the steadfast fool to not rely on their own strength, not rely on what they consider to be their own peace, but rely on God's strength to break free from the limitations of stubbornness because it's a stubborn spirit it's, that has an unwavering, not moving, I mean, unmoving commitment to a false belief. How many of you have met people like that? They are committed. They are loyal to being wrong. You can't tell them anything because if it doesn't look like, um, if it doesn't look like uh, the church system, if it doesn't look like uh, something that they personally experienced, then they refuse. They refuse to accept any other ideas. They are clinging to their own imposed, self-imposed convictions. And a lot of times those convictions have been birthed out of their experiences and those experiences they have not been healed from. So that is their, their hurt has imposed these convictions on them, and they willingly accepted them. Something that I want to point out here is this steadfast, persistent fool is the person who combines all the other characteristics of the of the scornful, of the sensual, and of the silly, and of the simple. They are all of them. And this is something I want you to catch here because this is something that I, as I, did, I studied this, I began to see something here. And it, when it's when I saw that, you know, this is the most dangerous type because they're committed, they're committed to their own, uh, their own wicked ways. And what we don't always understand here, because this type of spirit embodies the characteristics of all the other types of fools. So because it embodies the characteristics of the scornful, of the sensual, of the silly, of the simple, right? This is something you gotta catch. So a lot of times we have an experience. That experience, um, we end up, you know, maybe we're hurting or whatever, right? So we decide that, okay, Let's look at the simple fool. So we we decide that the simple fool, now remember, it means to be opened up. It means that um, your mind is open to any passing thought. So perhaps before you had the experience, you were real rigid and you were real, uh, you were real like, um, you know, um, 
uh, uh, extremely an extreme case of prudency. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't. Um, everything had to be aligned all the time. Everything had to be a certain way all the time. But then something happened, and you got hurt. So you decided, I'm going to loosen it up. I, t- I was too. I was too serious. I took this too. Too. I went too. I, I took it too. Too. To the extreme. And so I'm going to loosen up, and I'm going to be more open to doing things differently because of this experience that you were hurt from, that you never got healed from. You decide to open up more. So now you've ushered yourself right into simple right into simpleness. You're all opened up and you're open to every idea and you forfeited your discernment, right? So now we have the simple fool, the spirit of the simple fool. So then uh, now simple can't is open to every passing thought. So because simple is open to every passing thought, perverseness passes by and simple takes on perverseness. Right. So when simple takes on perverseness, simple just took on, just added onto itself. Silly. So now you're not only just the have the spirit of the simple fool. Now you have the spirit of the silly fool, because remember, you were real rigid and you decided to loosen up and you decided to forego your discernment. And now you let perverse in. So now you got silly there. You got silly there because remember, perverse is the E-V-E-L-L-F-F-L, right? That is defined as silly in Hebrew. So now we've got on top of the the spirit of the simple fool. Now on top of that, we have the spirit of the silly fool. Okay, now because I'm open, remember, you dropped off all discernment and now You've also took on perverseness. Okay, so now, next thing you know, perverseness has taken on, because perverseness is already there now, perverseness decides that it's going to, it's going to, it's going to take on, um, make it any choice that makes it feel good, whatever, whatever seems to fit the occasion. Okay, so now we got sensual. We're making all the wrong choices. Just anything that satisfies us, um, that we feel like works. And we don't want the wisdom of God because that doesn't align. That's going to correct my sensualness. So I don't want that. So I'm just going to take on the part that I want. So I'm going to take on um, this part, the sensual fool, because that works a little bit better for me. Now, remember, I started off just with um just with um simple then from simple i added on to that silly now i've just added on to the, to that sensual so now i got layer upon layer upon layer of demonic forces operating in me uh oh well wait a minute so now i decided i don't want nobody telling me what to do so now i need to take on all my other spirits, they have to, they don't want nobody telling them what to do. So they have to take on the spirit of disdain. They have to take on the spirit of um a contempt in their heart towards any authority, any parent, anybody that would try be trying to tell them what to do. Okay, so now my my simple spirit needed. Uh, silly to protect it. Silly needed sensual to protect it. And now uh, sensual needs scornful to protect it. Now I'm four 
four spirits deep into spool into foolishness because I never got healed when I was hurt the first time and I took on silly. I let go of discernment and took on silly. Silly needed sensual, sensual needed scornful. Now, I don't want anyone telling me what to do. And so now here I am. I am the persistent. I got I got the uh, the person has now on top of all that. Now you have persistent, the steadfast fool, because now I have to uh, I. I've, I've stepped into full wickedness and, and now I'm embodying. Remember, this spirit embodies all the characteristics of the other types of spirits. It operates. It has taken on silliness, sensual, scornful. Now we're steadfast. We've made a decision. Wickedness. So what I'm trying to point out here is we have to check our belief system because our lack of belief will chain us will chain us to various varying spirits of foolishness and we will get ourselves to the point where one spirit and this isn't anything one spirit will build on top of the other spirit god and the other spirit has to have another spirit because simple has to be simple has to be protected you know it, it can't just it can't just be it can't just be out there so now here comes laughter because laughter has to make you laugh at the simple things that you've done the silly things that you've done so now we got the silly on top of the simple then we got the sensual on top of the silly then we got the scornful on top of the sensual next thing you know we got persistent we got steadfast on top of all of those engulfing all of those I want you to understand when you decide when something happens in your life and you decide that you're healed from it and you decide that it's over without getting uh, feedback or help from those around you or even professional help if you need it to make sure that your issue has been indeed resolved and you have been healed. See, because one thing I learned over the years, hurt people do hurt other people. So if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you will look up and next thing you know, you started off, you started off and uh, because you, because you got hurt, you started off just trying to open up a little bit. And next thing you know, you don't let, you don't, you don't forego, you let go of dismiss your spirit of discernment. Now you're silly. Then you're sensual because silly got you need something to make you laugh or of of, of of over the fact that you're doing sil simple things that you're doing things that are, are have open that you opened yourself up to things that are now trying to kill you. How are you going to protect that? Well, we got to laugh about it. Just laugh about it. It's life. Now you got silly. Right. OK, so silly. Now you're doing just everything. Now you opened yourself up to to doing things that you would never do. And, and everything's funny and everything's a joke and everything is just life and everything is you living your best life. Next thing you know, you got introduced to sensual. Now you're out there. You have cast off all form of restriction and you are just out there doing everything and anything that makes you feel good, but you don't want nobody to tell you nothing. Here comes scornful. 
because you don't want nobody to tell you nothing. So here comes scornful. And once scornful steps up in there, now you got to be steadfast. Something got to keep everybody together. So you have to be very, very careful. Make sure that you understand your state of mind at any given time and be okay with having others check you. Be okay with having others say, hey, where are you at right now? Somebody sometimes, you know, uh, like God said to Abram when he was in a, um, when he was walking throughout the garden, Adam, mm, when he was walking throughout the garden, where are you? Adam, where are you? Do you think God was asking that question because he didn't know where Adam was? So he wanted to know if Adam knew where Adam was. Sometimes you need somebody to say to you, hey, where, where are you at? What are you doing? What are you doing? What I want us to get is that when we don't, when we decide to ignore our actions, which are showing us what we believe, when we decide to ignore that and we don't check it, I promise you, next thing you know, you got one demonic force, then you got another one that got to help that one. Then you got another one that got to help those two. Then you got another one that got to help those three. Then you got another one that's got to help those four. Next thing you know, you look up, you are behemoth. You look up, you're a Leviathan. It's gotten so thick. Your skin has gotten so thick. That steadfast persistency has taken you over and you refuse to hear anything. You refuse to hear anything. And only you can decide. Only you can decide when I need help. I don't recognize, I don't recognize me anymore. I don't recognize, I don't recognize God in me anymore. You need help. You need help. And a lot of times, you know, especially in the African-American community, we don't like to go get professional help when we need help. And so we just tried on out the world with our eight demonic forces bogging us down and we start trampling over God's people, trampling over, you know, what we're supposed to be witnessing to, trampling over, as my brother tells, bleeding all over the sheep. You're just bleeding all over the sheep and you won't get help. And you won't get help so that you can be healed. So that you can be healed. So I pray that this that this um has found us somewhere in here. Like I told you, I remember, I remember times I was like, oh yeah, right there I was that. And then yep, right there I was that. Oh my God. And then right there I was that. And then you start thinking about your behaviors and and how they aligned with different things at different times. And while it might not be today, you got to make sure there's no residue. You got to make sure there is no residue. I'm telling you what we believe, it can affect and effect what we manifest. We're either going to manifest God or we're going to manifest the enemy. It is up to us to check our belief systems. We are to examine our own selves. Stop looking in the mirror and walking away and forgetting what you look like. We're walking and we're looking in the mirror, walking away and we think we're wonderful. And you know, when you were looking in that mirror, it didn't look so great. So let's begin to break down and understand what exactly it is that we believe and, and have a solid defense so that the enemy, so that the enemy won't have advantage over us. Amen. 
So I hope that this bless you. And if it has, please share it with someone so it'll bless them. Share this broadcast. Uh, go back and listen. Get your notes down. And I will see you on next week. Let me pray with you before we go. God, I thank you for this, your people. I thank you, God, for this called out assembly. I thank you, God, for this remnant. We, God, thank you for pointing out to us that we still have growing to do. We still have maturing to do. No, we have not arrived. And we thank you that you're preparing us to receive all that you have for us and all that you've called us to walk in. All that you've called us, the plan that you have for our lives has already been open and it's active and it's unfolding and you're maturing us in it. And we thank you. We give you glory and we give you honor. And we ask that you reveal to us the little cracks, the crevices, the things that might be obvious to others that we're missing. Reveal it to us, God, because we want to walk worthy of the vocation wherein we are called. We understand our purpose. We want to go and we want to be able to minister to those that are lost, lost, but we can't minister to them if we, if we are still bleeding ourselves and we thank you God for healing us. We thank you God for raising us up and we thank you for guiding our footsteps. We give you all glory and we give you all honor and we give you all praise in Jesus name. I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. I thank you all so much for joining me on this evening. If you'd like to donate to this podcast, I thank you for those who have donated to this podcast and continue to. The information is on the bottom of your screen. Please know that I do pray for you. I pray for you. If you're under the sound of my voice, I don't have to see you. I pray for you for you. And I pray for everything that concerns you. And I believe that God is turning things around for you. The listeners under my voice, God is doing something in us. God is turning our minds. He's turning our hearts. He's turning our hearts back to him so that we can turn the men and women that he's called back to him. Until next week, I'll see you then. See you on Monday. Have a good week. Love you much. There's so much more on the inside. Don't let go. Don't be the season for you to get ready to change.